Welcome to Everything Scary at 3 a.m. My name is Mandy. With me, as always, is John. And we want to wish you all a happy new year. And we're kicking off this uh, this new year with probably one of the better horror movies. Yeah, we uh, we kind of decided, and you know, uh, uh, that uh, it's you know, where did our love of horror start? You know, it's a brand new year. You you start doing your reflections on last year. You start doing your reflections on on just your entire you know, life. Yeah, your life in general, <laughs> and you kind of start going like, well, where did this come from? And you know, I know the impetus of of why we started doing the podcast, but what are the shows? What are the 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 bit of shows that that got us into loving horror in the first place? Um, you know, I, for me, it was things like Monster Vision and, uh, you know, just the sci-fi channel in general, uh, because you didn't, you didn't have horror movies on, on like a dedicated channel. It was like TBS playing them at like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday and you know, you didn't have anything else to do. So you'd watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you know, Event Horizon for me, like that was, that was the one that I remember, Mm. but uh, we actually, uh, we were talking to one of our friends about, you know, the podcast and all that good stuff. And she's like, well, have y'all, you guys done a, done this particular movie yet? And I'm like, wow, you know, we actually haven't done the originals. Like, no. we've watched everything else pretty much because everybody's seen the originals. Um, and and it's, it's interesting to go. When we say things like the originals, we mean uh, the the point in time where horror movies became big for us, which is... Uh, your Nightmare on Elm Street, your uh, Friday the 13th, your Halloween. Uh, and then you get to the interesting part because that's, uh, who's your fourth person? Do you pick a child's play? Do you pick a, uh, you know, uh, who, who else is there? Uh, you know, there's so many different random people, but, you know, where do you go from that? There's so many different, like, slasher villains that you could think of. And we thought, well, let's go ahead and stick out with the one that we enjoy, you know, a lot, uh, which is good old Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Uh, in Hellraiser from 1987. 87. Oh, yeah, 87. Not going as far back as we could, but we're definitely going pretty far back. I was one year old whenever this came out. I was two. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we didn't watch it whenever it came out. I, I might have. You know, True. You know, you my, were, my parents were very responsible. You were. At the time. You were. They just. They. You know. They were like, whatever. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna throw you there. Oh, hey, time to go to the buttercrust factory. Enjoy some bread, two-year-old. Mm. And I did, cause it was delicious. They don't have the buttercrust factory anymore. Yeah, that's terrible. But you know what they do have? They still have Hellraiser movies coming out. (laughs) Sure, still. But let's go back to the beginning. Let's go ahead and watch them. And let's kind of uh, of dissect everything on there. And just kind of look at it with our current eye compared to what we watched when we were a child. Is it as good as the movies would... Like, I mean, because just think about it. It's been, what, uh, 30 years, you know, uh, like around... 30 years since this movie has come out. A little, actually, a little bit more than that, I think. 33. Yeah. So it's been a while uh, since 34. this movie. Has, is this movie still holding up? Is it better now when you look at what movies have been made now, you know, and you you look at the other one, you're just like, well, in comparison, this one looks great now. John and I can't do math. We just want to point that out there. I, Not I, unless we do it beforehand and we didn't. Yeah, so. I need scratch pads. Uh, this was actually written and directed by Clive Barker. Uh, y'all know him from Nightbreed, which is one of John's favorites. Uh, Lords of Illu- Lord of Illusions. Uh, which is always the one that you're, you're never going to be able to say it right because you always want to say Lords, Lords of Illusions. Lords of Illusions. Or it's something not like that. Lord of Illusions. It's Lord it's of Illusions. One Lord. Yeah. One Lord with all the illusions. Yep. Uh, he also wrote Candyman 
And he also wrote Midnight Meat Train. I've actually seen Midnight Meat Train. That actually makes a lot of sense now. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting to see because uh, for the most part, uh, Clyde Barker is a novelist. So everything is, he's written, uh, I think uh, IMDb has like 42 movies on there for he's him. A, he's a cock a ton of books. He's, you know, and he's done like a whole bunch of, he's inspired a lot of movies as well. But from what I was understanding, uh, this movie was the one that made him, he was just like, no, 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 I'm going to direct this one myself because y'all done screwed up on my my other movies. Mm-hmm. So this is this is his idea. This is all of his vision. Uh, so you know, no one else can complain if it's bad. <laughs> Yeah, point. we can all blame it on Clyde Barker. Uh, we it's staring the uh, the ever uh, it's it's I love this guy Andrew Robinson, uh, the guy who plays Garrick in uh, DS Nine. He was also in Dirty Harry, which was pretty amazing. But mm-hmm. he's also in Child's Play Three. He was in several episodes of a TV show that I loved when I was growing up uh, called Mantis, where the whole point was the guy was in a wheelchair and then he made an exosuit so he could walk, and that was his superpower. Like, that was it. He would dress up in, like, neoprene and shoot darts at people afterwards. And I was just like, that's amazing. I love every second about this. It's just like, it's like, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I can see in the dark. I'm Mantis. And you're just like, uh, okay. Well, why are you shooting darts at people? Why do you keep running out of darts? It was one of those. Uh, yeah, why isn't he just, like, poking his it hands was like at th- people? Yeah, it was like uh, time tracks where it, it they only had enough money in the budget to shoot once. And that was it. <laughs> you're all, make it count. Yeah. Don't miss. We also got Claire Higgins, who was really interesting for me because she was the downstairs neighbor in Ready Player One, the one who gets blowed up real good. Really? Yes. Huh. I didn't uh, realize. She was also in a bunch of episodes of EastEnders. I don't know if it was the actual English EastEnders or if it was like an t- American version of EastEnders. Uh, and she was, of course, in Hellraiser 2. Playing Christy. Yep. Uh, or Julia. Oh. Oh, okay. It's not the lady I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's, it's Julia. Oh, oh! I thought it was Christy. No, no. Uh, Christy uh, is in it, though. Ashley Lawrence. Uh, other couple of movies that she was in. She was in a show called uh, Cupid, which came out in 97. Uh, which, honest to God, I uh, for like a little bit, when you look at the, the, the box art for it, it looks almost exactly like Valentine. Like, huh. it's it's got the red. It's got a heart. It's got, like, the red. Everybody my, in red. My, my Bloody Valentine or Valentine, Valentine with David Boreanaz? Valentine with David Boreanaz. Did it have the Cupid's mask? No, it doesn't have that. It's just got... It's got an arrow. People are still getting shot by arrows. Huh. But it's like... Like, you know how in... Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer and they had everybody in, like, blue? Yeah. Kind of in a... Yeah. So it's red the same way they had some people in, in Valentine. Oh. Uh, or, like, Stay Alive. Yeah. In yeah, the, that kind of vibe. But it's, like, off to the side and there's, like, a heart and an arrow and I was like, oh, I see. Uh, a lot of other people in this one. Uh, Oliver Smith is in this. He's the guy who played Frank. I did not know that he was Saul in the uh, movie adaptation Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, that was pretty weird. Huh. So I'm just like, well, that's kind of a... A tonal shift on there. That is. That's, yeah. Uh, you got... Uh, Niall Buggy? Yes. Uh, I, it's one of those ultra English names that you're just like, huh? I think it's Niall. Yeah, but he was Zardoz in the movie Zardoz. Ah. Yes. Uh, Arthur Frank or something like that he played. Yeah, and one. of course, we have Doug Bradley. Good old Dougie. The, the one, the original. The best. The best. Way best. Pinhead. And which is so interesting to me because... He's he, also a nightbreed. He is a nightbreed. He is, he is a nightbreed? Uh, one of the guys in nightbreed. Oh. I, I I I didn't write that. I, I love nightbreed, so that's uh, I'm gonna have to figure it out. Oh too. yeah. Hmm. I I don't think he's the big headed guy, but he's definitely in it. Interesting. 
Uh, but yeah, this is uh, one of those seminal movies that you need to kind of watch as a, as a young horror aficionado. You need to know it. You need to love it. You need to see it. But again, we have not... You, you've seen it so many times. You've seen clips so many times that you don't take a second out to actually sit down again and watch it. Yeah, as an adult. Yeah, because it's it, like you know it. You've seen it. You don't. It's it's so ingrained on you that you you just don't think it. Like you know it's good. You just don't remember why it's good. Yeah. So that's what we're here to do yeah. right now. We're gonna actually stop it here. We're gonna go watch this movie, take some notes, get our thoughts down on paper, and then we'll be back and talk to you yeah. about it. Gonna look at it with a critical eye for this critically new New Year. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna actually we're gonna do that with all the original movies. Yeah, so. that's kind of our plan. So we'll uh, we'll pause it here. We'll see y'all in a little bit. Yep, we'll be back soon. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. So that was a lot more just like taking the time out and actually paying attention to things. This this was a, a very this ended up being a different movie for me. It had a different flavor. Like uh just just one of the big things that happened in there and I'll get to it when we we start talking about it. But uh this it could completely change the one of the the main ideas that I had about this film. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of weird. Um but uh, you know, there's a lot to this one. Did, uh, did you wrote uh, a a decent amount of notes? I wrote know? like six pages. Yeah. <laughs> we, I wrote, uh, John John is not as good as taking at taking notes as I am, mostly because I write literally every single thing that's happening in the movie. Because we really hate whenever we don't remember. Yeah. Like, and we just watched it. It's like, wait, did you, did that happen before or after? I mean, you guys have listened to us. You know exactly. I mean, what it's hard that. though whenever you, you know, have watched over 100 horror movies and are desperately trying to remember. Which is why we take really good notes. Yeah. So, uh so we start off this movie um with uh Mr. Cotton, who is a uh, he I put good old Frank. I put pleasures himself with the box. Uh, so what happens is that he's talking to a man. What is your pleasure? What is your pleasure, sir? And he says, I just want the box. So he throws him a whole bunch of cash uh, and gets this box, which we know uh, as the lament configuration, but isn't actually named in this movie. It is just referred to as the box. I think it's Laurent. Laurent configuration. Is it? I'll have to look it up. 
Oh, look it up real quick. Yeah. So, um, so Frank uh, is actually sitting, whenever we see him next, he's sitting in a square uh, made of candles, uh, a, a box made of candles, and he's opening the box and trying to figure it out. And he does. And this is whenever we immediately um, discover the Cenobites, who the Cenobites are. Oh, you're right. It is Lament Configuration. That is, you know why I th- thought it was a rent configuration? Is because I watched the Cinema Snob thing where he's talking about like some of the other ones, and he kept saying it, and they kept making fun of him for it. Um, but I was like, oh, it is. Yeah. It is it is uh, the Lament configuration or uh, Le Machard's box or configuration, depending on what you're going through. Is it French? Uh, yes, the guy who made it was a French toy maker, and he handed it over uh, to yes. a Libertine and Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe is in a Hellraiser movie. No. Yeah, not even one of the good ones. Or even like one of the ones that are so terrible that you have like random people in it. Nope. It's just one of the meh ones. Well, so the lament configuration. I was right. Ha ha. So, so, uh, this is wherever we meet the Cenobites. Uh, This is, it's a really quick introduction because we pretty much see like right off the Right off the bat, Frank gets uh, torn into pieces, and then they put his face together, and all the Cenobites are staring at him in pieces. Like a little, like, like jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. I thought that was cute. But uh, you're right, this this was really fast. Um, It's like from zero, like what we paused it at like 545 was uh when it was in there so five minutes 45 seconds into the movie after watching it we put we're watching this on shutter by the way so we could zoom in and and uh and pause and all that stuff yeah move slowly on it uh but uh there is um it's it within five minutes and 45 seconds we've got a mystery we've got a random person that we have no idea being torn apart by a box except that his name is mr cotton yeah and then we have uh, a little bit of um uh, you know, just kind of foreshadowing with the Cenobites. You know, we're not, and I don't know whenever they called him Pinhead the first time, but this, he's just lead Cenobite in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is, it's kind of weird. I thought it was really funny because. I don't think they call him Pinhead in the second one either. I don't think so. But I, I do like that they're dropping, like, uh, Cotton is dropping down, like, money. He's like, I want the box. He's like, he drops some cash. The guy doesn't say anything and he drops some more cash. And then, like, right after that, the guy's like, of course, it was always yours. I just wanted, and I'm like, why didn't you just hand it to him then? And he's like, ah, because I needed to have the money. I need to, to do some shopping and maybe get some <laughs> McDonald's or something. Mu- I don't know. How, how much money do you think this is worth, Mr. Cotton? And he's not even saying anything. Like, he's just like, I was going to give it to you, man. But like, thanks, you... thanks for the extra money. Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. No, you could just take, oh, he's gone. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mr. Cotton. Oh. Uh... What do I do with this? So I'm a I'm a weird skeleton dragon thingy. I don't even know what to do with all this money. Uh scratch us. So the uh so the the room full of hooks and cenobites that we see actually disappears whenever the lead cenobite, aka Pinhead, takes the the box and puts it back together again. And then everything just disappears like it never happened. Now all of this is happening in an attic in this one specific house. Now, uh, this is whenever we actually meet Larry and Julia. Uh, Larry is the dad, and Julia is the bitch stepmom. So Larry, played by Andrew Robinson, who is really kind of amazing in this movie, uh, in the sense that he he gives off a completely natural version of himself being Larry. Like he's he's like 
just kind of like affable, but also has like weird quirks, like being really into the boxing. Also, like about to throw up later on when he whenever he, he sees his hand. blood, yeah. yeah. And he, he does a really good job at that, and um, you believe it, like you can believe that he is this character. It is surprising to see him being able to do that. Meanwhile, you've got uh, Claire Higgins, uh, who is basically just an ass. She's just she's an asshole. She is the entire every movie. pissed off, uh, yuppie like English lady from the '90s that you could think of. An evil stepmother. Yeah, it was so interesting. Like you kind of got a little lady, uh, whatever the heck from Cinderella off of her too. Yeah, just like a little. Mm, yeah, I the hate evil children. stepmother. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so they they go into this house, and the whole thing behind it is that they're moving here for a reason. Um, something happened in Boston, I guess, where they were before, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, and now they've moved here to this new house. Well, so the the way that I got it and the vibe that I was understanding, because they never really go into it, is that it used to be, it was actually Larry's... Uh, Mother's house. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. He, he grew up there. And uh, that's when... It's he, a new house to Julia. Yes. At least we think that. Because later on... That was a different house. Was it? Yes, because it didn't have the same door. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad uh, you I know, that I, I, felt, I, all... I felt a little bit weird about that. And it's, no, so it's, wait a minute. But I, my thing was, she opens the door, and it's opening onto, like, this is clearly, a, like, a house or something like that in the country or in the suburbs. And she's, like, crying over the fact that they're not going to be in Brooklyn anymore, which I get the vibe from her as it's, like, now we're not in the place with the things and everything's been doing and i'm and not it's so like cultured yeah. and now we're not in this cultural place anymore we're in this bfe place yeah but you know it's it's just i don't know he's super happy about his new job she's just kind of giving him shit she's just an asshole so, and they're having to clean up all the crap that oh, uh, God, frank left the, all over the kitchen is disgusting if you have issues with bugs which i do I'm a very clean person, strictly because of the fact I don't want fucking bugs. Mm -hmm. Ask John. I yeah, no, she's she's very. <laughs> I'm she's, like no bugs. Persnickety about that. I'm not persnickety okay. per se. However, I'm very clean. So uh, this this part of the movie just grossed me the hell out. Like it was the ultimate hoarder where you have rats and cockroaches and maggots and crawling out ugh. of like. And it was weird because one of them was like out of a banana, and I'm just like. Does that, can you imagine Frank buying bananas? Like, just sitting there going like, ah, yes, I, I decided not to eat the bananas and it's gone bad, okay. But, like, he was, like, sitting there and he's like, ah, yes, come to daddy, little banana. Ah, Chiquita. <laughs> delicious. I have such sights to show you, Chiquita. Ew, nom, 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 nom. Uh, Potassium. Come, come to daddy is a big, uh, if, you, if you've never seen it, come to daddy is a big thing that Frank says. Um, it is one of the ways that we... It is as cringeworthy as you can possibly imagine. The interesting thing is, I, I want to say Oliver Smith, uh, well, I, I think that's the guy's name, the guy who played Frank, has a very distinctive voice. It is almost at odds with the way that he actually looks because he's you you see him in several times in the thing but it's it's so hard to see it now when you see him in like frank makeup then you're like, like oh you're like okay so that that makes sense yeah. that's the sound that's the sound i would hear out of a weird goopy skeleton man yeah not out of like vaguely okay looking guy kind of looks like the dude from dark city he's handsome but let's just take a second to think to, to realize how good the makeup is in this movie i mean it is phenomenal makeup. I mean, it makes you uncomfortable with how mm -hmm. good it is, especially there's a lot of gooey. Uh, there's a very much goop. I, I mean, everything looks like it has been Vaselined and mucused up to hell and back. Like just, you know, 
barrels of KY jelly just slapped all over oh, the place. Oh, God. Like, he is dripping in one of the scenes whenever he, he is, is talking to Julia. And he, it just it just drips while it's he's talking. It's so gross. So, like, yeah, well done with that because it, it's as nasty as it possibly could have been. Um, so, we... We have Julia who who is going and exploring. She goes up to the attic where she finds uh, this bed that Larry um, tells her, oh, this must have been Frank's stuff because he finds some random horny, like, sexy statue. It was a Karma Sutra statue. Okay. Like, it was this it was ivory just... Karma Sutra statue where it's like, it's like, it is like fully like, let's see. It, know, is, the ob- it is obviously. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. As you would in your tiny, like, on the ground mattress next to your, your covered with blood yeah and, and grossness like it's, it just looked gross it was weird and so larry leaves because he's like what the hell is that and it is obviously the phone ringing he was very confused by the phone he's like what the hell is that like I, have you has he never heard of a phone before and, like <laughs> how dare there be phones in here and it's i don't the need phone. this it's it's so weird it's, it's obviously the phone so he, he runs downstairs to check on the phone this is whenever julia goes through all of frank's stuff which is all of his you know, like porn paraphernalia that he just keeps around so it's like him having sex with women pictures and you know weird shit so he takes this one random picture of of a girl holding holding him and ends up tearing her face off and you don't understand what the hell's going on because it doesn't have their backstory yet like how the hell does she know who frank is and uh, which is an interesting kind of concept because we we do start getting the interspersion at that point right yes. where it's like this is all yeah because they're trying to move a a, a, a bed in. a bed in and that's when uh uh larry gets his hand crash and of course we're we're seeing this in between watching um watching watching where julia met julia, frank. Yeah. and then frank was like all up on her and then julia was not that hard to to you know persuade to have sex with immediate frank. adultery yeah like, just, she's like, just like it, she goes i'm very happy and he's like you want to fuck and she's like yeah i want to fuck and so they fuck and it's uh, like really uh, weird okay Ooh. He doesn't even do that. He just comes up and he like rubs her face with his fingers. And Which is, like, is weird. They do, like this, they do this weird finger rubbing on the lips thing. And I guess it's supposed to be sexual, but it just looks nasty. It was such a like, eh, okay. It's just, it's cringy. So, <laughs> and you know, me watching it as an adult, I'm like, this is really weird and makes me uncomfortable. So, you know, dispersed with them moving stuff in and then Larry getting his hand cut, we are getting flashes of this whole thing with Frank and Julia and them doing the sexy time. So, and, and it's really kind of bad because he's, what's happening is, is somebody is pushing the bed up the stairs. And Larry's like, and, and we're getting, Ugh. and we're getting the, <laughs> the Julia and going, Ugh, uh, and I'm just like. Oh, it's the juxtaposition. It's the sex thing. It's, that's really cute. And, and then, then, and then, whenever Larry it, cuts himself, and he's it like, just ah. sprays all over the place. So and, I was like, and, ah. And this is, you know, obviously the big O moment between Julia and Frank. I see. So you know, Frank is, uh, you know, back back in time or whatever. Frank's like, oh, this is this is nothing. This is meaningless. This is never enough. And he gets up to walk away. And and so this is the point where I was completely thrown off see my original concept of this was that uh 
Frank and Julia had like this this tryst, and it was like they were were lovers, and and like it was always this thing that she was just so powerless against, and like that's why he was obsessed with her, and he he just kept pushing it. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. It's He's, completely not. The whole point of Frank is that Frank is so devoid of emotion. Oh, and has tried to do all this stuff. Like he's yeah. he's obviously a a, a a a nymphomaniac. He he does all these things. He doesn't care about well, it's, the it's, fact that he ruined he's, his, he's, his husband. He's doing it to to marriage. get the the vibe off of it. He's doing it to get that little bit. You know. So we know that this is previous to him finding the uh, Lumen configuration. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like uh, this is this is such a a departure from from it for me because you see how pathetic. And obsessed Julia is, even though we see some some like little bits later on, which is a little interesting. I mean, he uh, puts well. it down, I guess, but I mean, she's but she's she's got it like like I would I would kill for you and with that D yeah that and you just gave and that's all it took and yet he has absolutely no like care for her yeah he has no feelings for her and whatsoever I, it was literally a con like a conquer that's all he did he conquered that mountain. And he was just like, eh, so be it. Yeah, and she's is, like, I would do anything for you. And he's like, anything? And she's like, yeah, anything. I would die for you. But, um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it was a it was a weird situation. And then, of course, that's when Larry walks into the room and starts hosing down the room and, like, his arterial spray that came out of his little, the, the anatomical snuff box, as my folks have it, called it, <laughs> uh, just spraying blood like you wouldn't even believe. Uh, and of course, it's being slurped up by the uh, the, the like, wood floor, like a straw. Just slurp. So, um, it's you know he uh, he shows it to Julia. Julia's like annoyed that he showed up right whenever he did, because you know she was right in the middle of sexy fantasy time, and uh, she's like, oh God. All right. Well, you're bleeding, so we must take you to the hospital, oh. Kirsty. That now that you're here, Kirsty, can you please take your father to the hospital? Yeah, we were introduced a little bit earlier to to the daughter, Christy. Now she hasn't done but anything. But it's Kirsty. I keep saying Christy, but it's Kirsty. Okay. But see, my thing is, is that she's such a a blandness for the the whole, and it really, she doesn't even need to really be in there. The whole point is not to watch her do things like we would see with Nancy. Uh, in uh, the uh, Nightmare, on Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street or, or any of the other characters that you would follow. She's just kind of a eh there. Like, I, I, and I don't know if that's because of what uh, the actress did, you know, because she's not a, not bad, but she had, a, you know what she looked like? She, to me, she was very much a um, Winona Ryder wannabe, like a, a, a very like low powered Winona Ryder. See, I like her, but just because I've, I've, watched this so many times that I, I have, well, this one and the second Hellraiser that I'm like, I feel a little more connected to her probably because they show her more having a bigger role in, in the second in the Hellraiser. Second one, yeah. yeah. And that's, it's the other thing is I was trying to go with this movie with just what we know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like sitting there going well, like, well, I know a lot though. Cause only because I like go and do research. Well, no, and, no, no. I'm, I'm saying like just what we know based for this movie. Yes. Like, oh, yes. just on Sorry. this movie, yeah. what do we see? We see, uh, apparently, uh, we one of the other things was the spinny uh, torture thing. We, you know... Which, I, that shows up from what? Like the... I want to say it's two, but I know it's definitely three, but it's a different kind of... It's like a weird obelisk in three. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of my thing, is it's, it's this spooky, swirly, murder, like, like, torture wagon 
thing that they've got set that up That they on usually there. hold pieces of people on. That's, yeah, that's what it's, it's, oh, it does show up on the second one at the very beginning, yeah. I, I think. And I did like the fact, or I think there's like one of the, 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 the old guy, like he's like strapped to it. He's like, what's your pleasure? You know, off of that like thing. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, but like, it's it's such an odd like thing. And then, and then you, I, I don't remember seeing it in the later Hellraisers at all. I remember seeing it in one of them mm-hmm. that I... I, I don't even remember when I watched it, or I, it was on TV at some point, but I remember it being a big piece of it too, but I cannot remember which it's, one. And, and the thing is, is like, I've seen them talk about the Labyrinth, I've seen them talk about Leviathan, I've seen them talk about the different Hellraisers and where they came from and all this other kind of stuff. Nobody has ever explained to me the swirling torture, like, blocks oh, of wood. yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird, that little... Like, nobody has got... People, there is an entire movie based... On where the lament configuration came from, and the like, what did I call you know, it? I all this I, other kind of stuff. I think I called it the terror pedestal. Yeah, but like nobody talks about it. The torture square. Yeah, yeah. It's a two by four, and what do we do? We put a we put all our torture stuff on it. We just nail you to it. Yep. Just we just enjoy. Put, put pieces of you on it, and you spin around for eternity. That's our. Uh, <laughs> and they do because we saw that happen to Frank later on when he they they flash into that. Yeah. So um. So, uh, Frank actually, um, uh, so Frank actually starts to reform at this point mm-hmm. because we see pieces of Frank underneath the floorboards, which is what's sucking up Larry or, uh, Larry's blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Frank reforms and it's really cool, man, it's really cool the way that he reforms. Like it, it I don't even know how they would do that. It's, it's a lot of reverse process. Okay. That's what I thought so too. But, and then it was like, from what I was understanding, it was like inflatable and then they would clip and they would cut and they would move into different things. So you see like the, the portion of the body that gets formed the first is, uh, like the upper torso and arms and the nervous system, right? Yeah. With the eyeballs. Something like, was that was what like, that was? I think it was eyeball stocks. Okay. Yeah. So they, cause I, I was like, it's the two fingers at the top of the head. Maybe it's a brain. I don't know. And then he slaps his forehead down and the brain starts reforming. But I mean, think about, just imagine the amount of, of stuff that he was able to put together just by using the blood. Those, just a little those, bit of blood, That's too. all it took. But then it took, like, three dudes worth to get, like, a little bit more. Technically four. Four, yeah. Or I'm something just saying. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's three a, or it's four a, guys. It took, it took a while. quite a bit of dudes. Which is pretty similar to what it takes uh, Julia in the next movie. Although we're not really talking about the next movie, but it does take Julie a long time to reform also. It's just an odd situation, yeah. is all I'm saying. But yeah. they, they do drive her away. This is when, when you kind of pulled something up on there, too, about uh, the way that Kirstie is always dressed. Yeah, because you kept mentioning um, that she's dressed very oddly. Like, she was in a white tunic whenever we first meet her. Uh, later on, she's in a white tank top with a white skirt. And you're like, I don't, I don't get that. And I said, oh, well, it's because they're trying to make her look more innocent. And I guess that's what we were trying to go for. And maybe that wasn't, maybe we're just reading into it, but it's got to be something because she is in white in every scene except for one. And uh, that is the one where she's in the pet stop, uh, pet store. Yeah. And that makes sense. You're in a a pet thing. Although they probably could have done that and it would have been fine. I just thought it was so weird. We get this constant, like always in white. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was a conscious decision. Maybe it wasn't, but maybe it's like a, you know, uh, Leia not wearing a bra until the very end of, uh, like, New Hope. Maybe it's that kind of vibe. Okay. Well, that was another surprising thing. You never thought about it because you never wanted to look, but now you look at it. Go ahead and look. I You'll don't see. No. You'll see it. Anyway, it's there. That's my freaking childhood. Anyway. I know. So, 
so all that happens, right? So Frank reforms, and then he's he's up in the attic, and then this is whenever we have a dinner uh, with Larry, Julia, Kirsty, um, and then some of the friends of the family, and then there's this dude that's there, and he's just really a little horn dog. Like he, he ends up being, I guess, Kirsty's boyfriend. I don't but not know really. if we're even given a name. We're from not. Him. We're yeah. not. Like I just keep calling him young dude or you know boyfriend i wanted to call him like discount uh god what's his uh robert downey jr because he had yeah. a big chill vibe off of him yeah i could see it yeah so uh so this is whenever you know we're talking and stuff like that julia is obviously acting a little funky um she decides that she's gonna go to bed so as she's you know saying goodbye to everybody she just makes it really awkward for her and larry because she like doesn't give him a kiss or anything she just looks at him for a few seconds and then goes out the door. I, I think the vibe was that she's like, you're a worm, Larry. I look at you talking about all this BS and and crying over the blood. I can't, oh, I hate you, Larry. I hate you so much. I miss Frank and the awesome D that he used to give all me. All I can remember Frank by is this picture of him with another woman that I had to tear up. And that's it. But he's fine. That's all that matters. Yes. So Julia hears some some noise from the attic. So she goes up to the attic. And this is wherever she sees Frank. Frank. Don't look at me. Crawls. That's actually really good. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Frank actually crawls towards her in a really creepy way. His back legs don't work. So he's literally like ar- army crawling towards her. Look, 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 look. And she's screaming, freaking out. How do they not hear that at the... In the thing downstairs. They're she, having a good time. Like, you can still hear everybody they, laughing. They, they had a way better time with her gone, <laughs> so that they couldn't hear anything. Who wouldn't? So, <laughs> so it's at this point that Frank is like, don't look at me. And she's like, who are you? He's like, I'm dripping with you. And he's like, oh, it's it's me, Frank. You I know, love you too. Just don't. <laughs> we watch Ghostbusters too, so please forgive John. Anyways, so... Uh, she, you know, he's like, he's like, I need help. I need you to bring people to me and make me whole again and blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll, we'll kill Larry. And she's like, no, we're not going to kill Larry. Okay, well, just bring me some more people and spill the blood. You said you'd do anything for me, right? Don't look at me. But you you do something for me, right? Just don't look at me. And I'm like, okay, we get it. Don't look at him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the dinner's over. Uh, Julia is laying in bed, can't sleep for obvious reasons. She thinks again about the awesome you know, sexy times that they had. And she's like, all right, you know what? Sure, I'll kill somebody. So she immediately goes back up to the attic where Frank is sitting creepily, juicily in a corner. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And he's just exhausted. You know, and I guess you would be after forming up all the goo. Uh, but yeah, so, and then this is the point when we have the weird dream from, what's her name, right? From Kirsty. Kirsty has an odd dream and it's crying and screaming with feathers all around. And we're looking down on this, this, like body on a table on that's a table, covered in blood which it was a white sheet and then it became red and then she pulled it off and it pops up and we assume that it was the dad but it was a terrible model it was really so hard it was to like figure out so i'm just like okay so she's having a, a dream that her dad's a giant chicken slash cry baby and he's gonna die and that was the best i could put together on it <laughs> and she was technically right because she calls up dad and, and dad's like what what's going on no, huh? I'm totally fine, honey. No. Everything's fine. You want me to tailor your pants? I that's not not yet. No. What? what? Garrick is a tailor. Oh, oh. People okay. will get that. One person okay. will get that, and that's for you. You keep that. Jeez. So, um, her dad's fine, everything else like that. So Julia dresses up uh in her, you know, best outfit and goes out drinking. She goes out whoring. 
Literally. She's literally whoring herself out to get people back to the house so that way she can kill them and Frank can juice them dry. She uh, she really, to me, it was kind of weird. She looked like the, um, the remember the, the future version, like the future uh, Christmas from Scrooge of the, uh, the, the girl and he's like, I just remember... You have to shake him off, and she's like screaming at the. Uh, it was like the, the the bad future where uh, the girlfriend like realized that she could be evil or something like that. Oh, from Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah, I got you. It was a, it was a weird little thing. It's it's the the like most eighties like like new wave band you know cover kind of look. Everything in the room is white and like marble, and she's wearing black, and she's got, like, the big, like, shoulder pads on. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah. She, 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 uh, she goes, we're still talking about Julia, right? Yeah, it was okay. like a Moonbeam okay. City kind of vibe. I was like, what the hell so, is happening here? So, uh, so all this stuff happens, right? And Julia's very nervous the first time around. She kills this guy, uh, you know, Frank sucks him up, and then she sticks the body into a random room whenever Larry, her husband, comes home, and he's like, hey, is everything okay? He's literally, he's opened the door, he's yelling up at her. She goes ahead, goes back into the other room, picks up the body, takes it into a different room to hide it, then she runs to the bathroom, and is like, I'm, I'm fine, and he's just like, are you okay? He's like, I'm, I'm totally fine. She's like, I just, I'm sick, I'm sick, and he's like, oh, honey, do you need anything? A brandy? And she's like, a brandy. And Randy sounds good. And he's like, okay, I got you covered, honey. He's like, no, no, I'll be down. You don't, you, you stay there. I'll, I'll come down and get it. Yeah. He's like, okay. All right. And then she comes back out there. She goes up to Frank and he, of course, rubs his goopiness all over her. <laughs> and then, so goopy. So, I mean, and all I could think of is like, yeah, I've had a cold like that before. <laughs> and then he's like, no, look, two or three more bodies, maybe four on the outside, six or seven. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of just. I'll be good. Don't just, you want me, baby? Yeah, we'll just bring it all back in there. Just, it'll be fine. Uh, so but then that's the end of that part, you know, and then and then we go back to Kirsty, who is working at a pet store and is dealing with some really angry people and some asshole kids that are messing around in the store also. And she sees this hobo that she saw uh, from a couple of nights back or the night of the dinner. And um, she sees the same hobo that she saw then. And the hobo's in there and she goes to see what the hell he's doing. And he's eating crickets. Yeah, he just pull, it puts his hand Ugh. into the live cricket box, yeah, eats them, and then she's like, oh my god, ew, get out of here, and you he need does. You get out of here, and he does, he, he leaves. And uh, then Robert Downey Jr. Jr. pops out <laughs> and uh, is like, hey babe, what's going on? Do you like my, my terrible 80s sweater? It's got so many different colors on it. And it's like, yeah, no, I just had to deal with this homeless, oh wait, he's gone. So weird, I thought it was, you know, Alice Cooper, but apparently we couldn't be that cool. Yeah, so... <laughs> so um if that happens julia brings back home brings home another dude kills him frank sucks him up and now frank has more muscle and it's still super gooey um but he's wearing clothes and uh frank also mentions the cinnabites at this point so frank had mentioned the cinnabites once before um and he's like, you know, we had to hide because I don't want them to find me. The Cinnabites. And then he doesn't go into any detail, really. And now that he's a little more fully formed, now he's talking more about the Cinnabites. So he tells Julia about um, how they've introduced him to both pleasure and pain. And how... Explorers at the end of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was just... It was basically they just tore him apart until he was so, like, 
This is what, he, he was so scared that he got horny. That's basically what it meant. And basically, they, they did show us the whole he's upside down and bleeding thing and spinning. And then it's like, look at the torture rack. Look at him spin. And I was like, okay. I guess it saved more money that way. I, I mean, it, it was very artistic. It was great. I loved it. You know, I was really still confused about like, okay, so is there a different, like, does each side represent something? Is there just like... Because one of them has another piece of wood on there, and I was like, is that like the paddling side? Do you just like spin <laughs> that back? Like, it's, it's, it's like a flail. You spin it around, you hit people with it. It's like, so, so, so Julie's now a bad bitch now. We like, call this torture the unseeing eye. We call this torture the man getting slapped on the butt cheeks. Anyways. So... That's very funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying that they they're they're cinnabites. They they got to start somewhere. They got to make their way. They got to work up to the whole to the full torture. To the to the. I mean, if you you start off with the hook thing, you ain't got nowhere to to go up from there. So, anyways, okay. So, um, Julie's not a bad bitch now. She's totally okay with killing people. So she ends up um watching like boxing with her husband, and he's like, Larry's like, I really thought that you hated this stuff. She's like, No, I've seen much worse. Yeah. And so he's like, are you doing okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. This is whenever uh, Frank is in the attic and decides to throw a fucking temper tantrum. Or something. For no... Ah, he's just throwing shit around. He's like poking rats through screws and all kinds of stupid shit. So the interesting thing to me was originally when I saw this, because I, I guess I watched it on TBS and I wasn't really paying attention. This is why I thought one of the other... This was a reinforcement for me thinking that Frank was obsessed with Julia because at this point... Um, he's freaking out upstairs and I was just like oh he's pissed because he can't get at Julia because she's down there with her, her husband and he hates Larry so much mm -hmm. uh, but no he's just being an asshole so you know uh, was it uh, Larry decides to go upstairs Julia really tries not to, to do it and she tries so much that she starts using her family and wiles on him and I'm like oh please stop yeah she puts all of her moves on him and she's kind of okay with it until like they go into a room they're laying down he's making out larry's on top of her then she looks up and this is one of the interesting parts to me because i didn't really get it beforehand this is when frank comes out of the room and he comes up he takes out his knife like he's gonna go ahead and skin off larry mm -hmm. uh and then he cuts the uh the rat in front of her and then he, she's about to do it but like the whole time uh, Julia is screaming, no, no, I can't bear it. No, 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 don't do it. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that's, you know, like, weird. What's happening here? And then uh, that's when, uh, like, Larry's Larry, like, dude, what the fuck is going on with I you? Like, just, you're freaking uh, me I'm out. I'm done, whatever, God. You're, you're throwing out signals left and right, and then you cancel? Like, what's going on? So my original kind of thought on this one was, was that this was Frank so jealous uh, of everything that he's like, like I'm gonna kill my brother, you know, so I can be with this woman. And now it's just he's just pissed off and he's getting tired of Julia taking so goddamn long, and he's going to like skip the line by just stabbing Larry. Mm -hmm. That's all he's going to do. And she's like, no, I don't want you to do that because he, I don't know if she 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 definitely doesn't respect her husband. She may like she, him. She doesn't or love be, him. She probably has a fondness for him. I guess. Uh, like, she doesn't want to, like, it's it's that, like, well, you know, just because I don't like dogs, it doesn't mean I want to see you kick a puppy kind of deal. Uh, but, like, it was such, like, now that I'm seeing it, it's such a difference in this movie. Mm. Like, the, Larry is so into himself. Not Larry. Uh, Frank. Frank is so into himself. I keep forgetting that because it's the very ending part. But it's. I mean, it's completely different for me. This was a, a big 
change up for me on this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely showing Frank's douchey side for mm-hmm. sure. Um, this is when we get the uh, the the chubby guy go inside. Like uh, the he looks like an actuary for like a, an H and R block, but not one of the good ones, one of the strip mall ones. Oh, the last guy that yeah. she, the last guy that she kills, yeah. Because so, Larry is like, hey, uh, out to, yeah, he takes yeah. Kirsty to dinner, and he's like, hey, can you just check on her, like, just try to make friends with her, because it is obvious that Kirsty and Julia are not close at just, all. Just you know, sneak up on the so, house. Don't don't introduce or you know let yourself be known, just in case she's cheating. I just want to make sure. There's such a so his whole point was. You know, hey, Christy, can you just go over there and make friends with her, blah, blah, blah. Well, Christy shows up, and she shows up, like John says, unannounced, but she shows up to check on to check on Julia, and Julia's just getting back home with this dude, and she's like, this bitch is cheating on my dad. He's, a, he's so, very much a Milton Wadhams kind of guy, too, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So Julia brings the dude up, hits him over the head with a hammer. Frank starts to, you know, suck him dry like a Capri Sun. And Julia, or, uh, Kirsty gets inside and is going upstairs to hope, like, sneakily to hopefully catch her in the act of cheating on her dad. And, uh, by this time, Julie's gone. Like, where, where the hell was Julia during I that time? she hid. So what happened was, was that, uh, at this point, uh, Kirsty assumes that there's something going on upstairs, runs upstairs, she gets to the landing, and that's when the guy opens the door. And like it's trying to get out of there, and he's all mush faced. Poor, poor Milton. Uh, and that's when he's like, "Help me, please!" And that's when Frank is holding him uh, because he's wanting to do this to screw with Kirsty. And so he like, "Aha! I've yanked it back, and therefore I've saved you, Christy." Hi, I'm Uncle Frank. Do you remember me? I'm your Uncle Frank with no skin. Come to Daddy. And it's like, uh, and I was sitting there and I was like, is there something else that's being implied by this? Yeah. So, so. This is when she runs downstairs. Julia's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, I got to get the hell out of here. So she runs back upstairs into the room uh, because she was trying to get away from Frank. And then she finds the light configuration. No, no, she doesn't run back and forth. She just runs straight. No, no, she just runs straight into the room to get away from him. Picks up the limit configuration. Frank's like, oh, don't do it. And she's like, oh, this is going to freak you out. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, What about this? And then she throws it out the window. Good hell. Catch it. Yeah, so she throws out the window. He freaks out. She runs down the stairs and runs out the house. Picks up the box. Runs down the block. And proceeds to pass out. Yep. Which uh, she was unhelped by the two nuns. Two nuns in full habit. Yeah, they didn't. Like, they just looked at her like these, she was weird. These are these are women who have clearly taken their vows. They should be helping people, but they're not. I think that was probably Clive Barker's thing. Like a dig, because uh, might have been. He here's a lot of there's a lot of religious digs with Clive Barker's stuff. Yeah. like he makes it obvious that you know Larry sits at the very beginning. Well, I saw Rod Headrex. I know what's going on. With yeah, that. It, it's. It's yeah, but my thing is, is that it's just like a, eh, that's an weird thing. And then if what happens? She gets uh, like saved by three random people on the street. Yeah, who are like, you okay, lady? Yeah, and then she <laughs> ends up going into the psych ward. I guess. I guess. So she gets taken to the hospital, whether it's a psych ward or not. She gets taken to the hospital. She wakes up. Um, they bring the box with her. And, you know, they're like, the police want to talk to you. And you're like, why? Why do the police want to talk to her? Maybe it's because she was covered in blood. That's the only thing I could think of. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we've typed the blood, and it's uh, to Frank Cotton. How do you know Frank Cotton? <laughs> He's wanted in 35 states for all kinds of weird sexual Woof. perversions. So We ain't even got names for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So Kirstie, pl- so then the, the doctor puts the box in front of her. He's like, hopefully this will jog your memory. And he walks out and locks the door behind him. Kirstie immediately starts playing with the box, solves it. Um, well, you know, what else was she going to do? She was going to watch the Flower Blooming channel. That was so weird. That was that was an odd decision. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you're going to go ahead and work with the Hell Rubik's Cube at that point. She does open it up. And of course we see spider webs, which makes me wonder why are there spiders in hell. Uh, but then she walks through a creepily long uh, corridor yes. uh, with the baby screaming at the end of it. And, of course, it turns out not to be a baby, but a wall crawler. A raw crawling monster with they, this giant-ass stinger. They, and... they had a name for it. They have a name for it in something. It's like the corridor cleaner. It reminds me a lot of the cleaner from uh, oh, Lab- uh, Labyrinth, actually. <sighs> uh, but, it, yeah, it, it flings itself towards her with a little stinger. It's like, and she's like, oh, yeah. So she runs away, running, 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 running. Finally gets through the other gets back to her room the door automatically closes behind her but she can hear it pounding on the other side of the wall which her poor neighbor yeah could like, you imagine that well maybe it doesn't even hear maybe it's like one of those like a, like a like a toe dash door where it's like you can only see it from one side oh yeah so you don't have to deal with that yeah yeah we'll, we'll go with that not that her neighbor totally got sent to hell for no reason he's like hey what's so, going on i'm only here from my kidney stone oh god <laughs> <laughs> so so she tries to close the box right so she's playing with the box everything else like that trying to close it uh there's blood in the iv that randomly pops up the tv starts going all wonky the and lights then, coming from the outside which was really cool which I they always really cool. do that so when yeah. every single scene that the cinnabites Cine- show up in there is light coming through the walls mm. which they have, fun. which they have, just the shittiest people making those houses. If there is that much space between the walls, it's all, you know the thing was was a lot of it. Like I understood it doing on the on the the part where they had with um with with Frank's room, uh, but with the the walls thing that they they had to make it clear. Yeah. Like, they, they put the mortar in between those tiles, and it was all clear. I was like, that's kind of cool. It looks really cool. Like, they did an amazing job. Um, so, this is whenever the Cenobites show up. So, we get... Um, we all get four of them. All of them, right? So, so it's, it's... Chubby, chattery, uh, girl, and uh, boy. Bu- Butterball. Butterball. Yeah, so they, they do call him Butterball. It, before anybody says anything... His name is Butterball. The, the chunky one's name is Butterball. Yep. Um, and then we have the female Cenobite, the Chatterer is what they call him. Yeah. And then... Chattery Teeth, yeah. And then Lead Cenobite is what yep. they all refer to them as. Pinhead. So Pinhead is the Lead Cenobite. And uh, he says, you know, um, she's like, what the hell do you want? And he's like, the box. You opened it and we came. You know, because they deliver. That I mean, every time. But the thing about this one was later on in the other parts of the series, uh, you know, it's usually like they're like, no, you have to like want to get into it. You can't just do it. But like, I, you know, Kirstie just like. She, in this, she genuinely was just fucking around with I it. I just like the fact that in, in the very first movie of this entire series, the lament configuration is just, it's like a time bomb. It's just like a, it's like a landmine. You step on it and it's just like, haha, Cinnabites. Yeah, Hope exactly. you like pain, buddy. Yeah, because you're getting a whole lot of it. So much so that it's going to turn you on. Woo! It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's pinching your nipples gone wrong. No! So, <laughs> so um, we go back, right? She's she's talking to the... Because she, she basically, she's just like, hey, uh, it's like, we're going to take you with us. We're going to show you some some cool stuff. And she's like, "Did you've done this before. Oh, yes, my dear. We've done it a whole bunch of times. You do it to Frank? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she goes, I know where he is. He escaped you. First of all, no, nobody escapes us. <laughs> what? <laughs> where Check. is he? Check. Where Check is, now. Where is he? 
Oh, I can, I can take you to him. You better not be bullshitting us, girl. I will cut you so, so hard. Oh, you should have said hard. That uh, would have been like... I will cut you so hard. <laughs> so, oh. so it's at this point, right, that we go back. The, the deal has been made. So we go back to Frank, who decides it's fucking time that he gets some skin. So does... Like, that is kind of weird. Because so we get... We don't know that this has happened yet, too. Because she, like... Larry comes in. He's like, hey, how's it going? She's, uh, and like, this is... Like, after Frank has had this, like, creepy talk to Julia, who and he convinces her to like let it be okay yeah you know he's like you know what just just let me cut larry's skin off oh, like we'll be together uh, forever i guess okay let me go ahead and uh, oh hey honey how you doing oh hey larry hey would you come up here i just saw something really weird you're not gonna believe me come on he's like okie dokie yeah so he goes up trusting her because you know that's his fucking wife and then cut to uh kirsty coming in she's like she's like let me in i have to see my dad and then Oh, no, no. No, no. She hadn't come home yet. So she had just broken out of the psych ward. They try to go find her. Then we watch the sexy time between Larry slash Frank and Julia. Yep. Like, that's... They immediately had to do the dirty. I know too much about anatomy to think that that would work well. (laughs) Just like, wait a minute. He's wearing an Edgar suit. It would just... Is that gonna... It would just... It would just be uncircumcised. Everybody's floppy. I just don't understand that. Like, it, well, you know, my question at that point, well, what if he wasn't already? I mean, well, that's a, that's another thing. And it's going to look like an elephant's trunk. Yeah, it's, it's just, just flopping all over the place, and it's not doing anything. You know, the man has been tortured for years. I mean, you're telling me that he's just like, ah, now I can do it. He's like, <laughs> He's all, pinch my nipples. Quick, slap me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he's just like, like, give me two seconds, and he runs over and picks up a Viagra, like, right before then. He's uh, like, ah, ha, ha. Uh, well, if it lasts for more than four hours, call Cinnabite. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and that's when we have Kirsty running up, tapping yes. on the door. Yeah. Let me in. Let me see my dad. Oh, Kirsty, it's quite late. Let me in. I need to see my dad. He's like, okay, cool, fine, sure. Goes in there. Dad, it's odd that you have a lot of goop around your hairline right now. I do like the one thing that they did, which I had to point out to you, which is you actually did. the first time that I noticed it also. They change his eye color. I did not notice that. So Frank's eyes are brown. Uh, and then Larry's eyes are blue. Mm-hmm. And then after he takes over Larry's body, Larry's eyes are brown. And and the interesting thing to me, and this is one of the bits where I, I realize how good of an actor uh, Andrew Robinson is, is he is now playing the Frank version of, of himself. Yes. And he's doing a good job. It's a different set of mannerisms. He's uh, more... Um, like you know, less nervous energy, more slow Not as movements. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Um, and he's he's doing stuff, and he's got this weird kind of lilt to his voice, like what? You know, this kind of deal. Because mm-hmm. as Frank, Frank is being very predatory at this point. He knows he's going to be having himself a good time. Yeah. But it's such a weird little like, oh. It is very obviously not her dad. Yes. And, of course, she doesn't see this. And it's clear to everybody because there's scraps of skin falling off his face at the hairline. He looks like it's clearly looks like somebody cut the, the skin off, slapped it on somebody, and then put on a wig. And he's got, the like, Ugh. the wettest hair for some reason. I do well, not understand the wet. just had sexy time. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what he looks like after sex. Like, we don't know. Uh. But this is when we have, like, a, a lot of banter back and forth. And then she's just like, what, what causes her to go upstairs? Um, she just goes upstairs, right? 
Let me check my notes. Oh, I need to check. Oh, the body. That's I want right. to see the body. Of I want to see the body. That's right. Because she's just they, like, they, I took care of that. Yeah, because they tell her. He was I've, so pathetic. I've killed Frank. And she's like, I need to see his body. And he's like, no, you don't. She goes, yes, I do. And he's like, all right, Julia, take her upstairs to go see the body. So she goes up. She sees the body. The this, door shuts. Julia locks her in. Yes. Or Julia, Julia shuts the door, but doesn't lock her in. But the door gets locked anyway, because then the Cenobites show up. And they're just like, bitch, we want the girl, or we want the, not the girl. Who did this? We want the, the man who did this. We want the man who did this. Not, they want to have like the, the, the pronoun game at that point instead. It's just like, we want the man who did this. It's clearly, look, not like, that is not Frank. That is your dad. Where is Frank now? <laughs> yes. Is he wearing your dad's skin? Is he wearing... That is pretty metal even for us. Is he wearing a Larry suit? Has he been drinking a lot of sugar water? Uh, mm. water. Keep an eye on that. Sugar water. And it's, it was like, it, it's like, oh, we want that. It's like, no, I'm not going to give you my dad. Screw you. And so she runs out, runs downstairs. Julia, like, tries to hold her in there and does absolutely like, grabs nothing. Hold yeah. That's when Frank pops. Oh, no. Uh, so Frank's like, says the come to dad, like, come to daddy part. Yeah. After she's about to leave. And he's yeah. like, no, we can all be one big happy family. Stay we here. We can be happy here. Come to daddy. He's like, oh, God, that's triggering. And so she's like, what? And he goes, come to daddy. He keeps saying daddy really weird, and I didn't like <sighs> it. Like, I felt... I felt... Dirty. Yeah. Just I was dirty. like, I needed a Mr. Yuck sticker on that one. Yeah. Uh, this is when uh, they freak out. She scratches uh, Frank's face. It's clearly flopping off. He's just like, ah, uh, now I have to, to slice you. So he pulls the knife out. And he, like, lunges at uh, Kirstie, who's being held by Julia. Uh, Christy rolls up to the side, and then he's, like, stabbing Julia. And he's like, oops, guess you're dead now. Let me go ahead and suck that juice out, girl. Yeah, he saw nothing personal, baby. Which, I mean, like, I I never noticed that part before. Like, I didn't see the sucking the juice out Yeah, part. she just looks I older. Thought it, I thought it was an accident. Like, and I, maybe they clipped that part out for TBS or something like that. I wasn't paying attention. Probably. But, uh, you know, and then. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, waste not, what not. All right, let me suck her up. Give me a little suck. Which is, which is stupid because it makes no difference in his it, appearance It didn't fix whatsoever. his face or anything yeah. like that. So is he just going to, like, juice people from now That's on? That's it. Like, he is not getting Is that what you, that. like, ah, I came back from hell and now I can slurp people down like a vampire, but Capri it doesn't really son. help me. Uh, this is when Christy runs upstairs, uh, tries to hide in the weird room where all the dead bodies are. We even get the whole, uh, dead body flopping on front of her with the maggots that spills down. She did a really good job at not screaming on that. Uh, Frank is looking around being all creepy. She gets out of that room, gets to the landing right away from everything else. Decides and... to have a breakdown at yeah. that point. And then, because I guess she thought that he left. Why would he leave? So Why Frank he comes just be in the other room. Yeah, so Frank comes out of that room and is like you hear the chink from the little from the little knife or whatever and she's like, Oh no, don't do it, no goes back into the room. This is whenever the Cenobites That's pop up. That's when they show up, yeah. And they're like, because oh. he's just like, Yes, it's your daddy dead uh, now it's just Frank. Uncle Frank here and the Cenobites are like, Ha ha, Jacques And I was just like Okay. You had to hear the confession from your own lips. I'm like, did you? Did you really? Because I thought you you basically take everybody who was here. The, and they and they knew that it wasn't him. Yeah. Because he well, wasn't on the, the ground. Man who did this? It was like, yeah, exactly. I, like, we couldn't it's... tell who it was. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of pointless. Oh yes. So they immediately um, 
you know, go after him or whatever. Kiersey's trying to get the hell out of there. And there's a line from Doug that comes out of this one that I thought was the funniest part. He's like, this is not for your eyes. And I'm just like, so are you going to let her out or not? And there's just like, it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I really was feeling in the moment there, so I wanted you to get out. But because you didn't, I guess you wanted to stick it out here. So uh, come here. And, well, they do let her out. So she does end up leaving right before he gets pulled and apart. And then they chase her. Yes. Yeah, because the door, they, they weren't holding her there. Yeah. She could have easily walked out during this whole thing. She just sat there and, and checked it out. Yeah. And then they're like, eh, tear him apart. And, and there's like hooks Jesus everywhere. Jesus yep. And he goes, Jesus wept. And then he gets ripped apart. She closes the door right before he gets ripped apart. Which is good because she was in the splash zone. Yeah. Everywhere was a splash zone at and that point. Yeah. That's when the house starts falling apart. She runs down the stairs, but then gets stopped by the lady Cinnabite who slashes at the walls. And apparently the walls don't like that. She's because like, they're full where of are blood. you going? Where are you going? You're supposed to come with us. You can't You're run. with us. How's it going? <sighs> she, you know what the weirdest thing is? is maybe this is because of the, uh, the HD or whatever on there. I never noticed. I thought she was a completely, uh, Cubald? She is not. She's got little hairs all she over the place. She has little hair bits. Yeah, yeah I didn't she used to that. be. She used to be a blonde, like yeah. a long-haired no, blonde. No, I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's like a whole thing, but we don't know that because that's not in this movie. Sorry. Just seeing it as a thing is like interesting. But so, um, yeah. So uh, Kirstie puts the box back together, sends the female Cinnabite off. Um, the other Cinnabite shows up. Um, she starts having to put things like she one she, by one. She puts yeah. them back. She goes into the room. Julia's like fish hooked together so she could pull it takes her like 20 minutes to pull out the lament configuration she jiggles the handles on it for a little while and, and it takes a bit before she closes everything up she does so up until the boyfriend shows up mr N not low you know no late, no name no robert downey jr jr yeah he uh he rushes and he's like what's going on here like he's gonna do something which he doesn't that's when butterball shows up by oh so so Cheddary comes up wearing a veil, which I'm just like, kiss the bride. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh, Chattery teeth, man, if, if you could only, only talk. If only he could say that. Uh, but then she zaps him away. Butterball comes out and is about to stab the boyfriend, but that's when the house falls on him. So Butterball dies there. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, technically he does, he does not it. get sent back to hell. He does not get sent back to hell. Uh, this is when uh, they decide to make it out the front door, but they're not really sure about it because the limit configuration is still wiggling. So they open up the door. It's blackness, and that's when the uh, the the hall the, the baby, hall monster comes out. The hall whatever. monitor. Yeah, the hall monitor comes out of nowhere. He's like, "Where's your pass?" And she's just like, "I got it right here." She pulls out the lament configuration, clicks it over a couple more times, and that goes away. And that's when they leave the house into the rain. Uh, everything feels great, uh, except for the fact that now her, her white shirt is, is very gray. Uh, because, you know, she's seen some shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so um, it's at this point that they show Kirstie and the boyfriend one night stand, Robert Downey Jr. Jr., um, they show them near a fire where Kirstie throws the box into the fire and the hobo that she has seen two times previously comes walking up to the fire, steps into the fire, picks up the box. Catches on fire, burns away his skin, which makes him the horned demon skeleton thing, which flies away. Kirstie looks at him going, nah. He's basically Satan. And then it zooms out to being uh, a... Uh, a vision scene on the lament configuration uh, inside the same rockin' uh, bar where there's a new man asking for the thing, maybe paying less for it this time around. And the man says, what's your pleasure? What's your pleasure? 
And that's it. That was the end of the movie. And really, this was an amazing watch. Uh, now that you, you're sitting and you're you're paying attention to it, and you're I was looking at it with a real critical eye this time, and I I it changed the movie for me. This I have more appreciation for this movie. The interesting thing was seeing how fast it moved. It's very quick movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it introduces you to the Cenobites within the first five minutes. The other thing is, is that you can tell that this came from a writer and not a, like a, a, a visual director because mm -hmm. he starts to interspersing scenes with other things and he starts doing we see a lot of little things that that uh, if you were watching it from like somebody who started directing before you know doing cinematography beforehand they would do um, very like they cut those bits out you'd assume that they would be happening but because he's a writer he's like and then she opens the door and then we watch her hand opening the door and that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's very much like I could see a writer doing this, you know. It's like I can read this. But it's so well done. Oh, it's great. And, it's, mean, it's, and that's what, but that's what makes it so good is the fact that he you, knew exactly what he wanted, exactly what he had in his head, and that's what happened. And and the interesting thing to me is that this is a debut film. This was his first time doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was hell. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I I don't know. Maybe Andrew Robinson's a complete ass. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's the greatest guy in the world. I don't know. I'm always surprised to find out that John Candy was the nicest dude. Like, cause every like, I'm always used to having like uh, Chevy Chase people. Yeah. You know, and where they're not very nice. Yeah. But like, you know, maybe maybe it was a great time, maybe it wasn't, but it's a good film. This is a really good film. It's one of the reasons why it continuously shows up. People keep watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you haven't seen it in a while, reevaluate it. Watch it again and, and don't watch it like if you've seen it enough times. Watch people's facial expressions. Watch, uh, you know, kind of the, the vibe that people are doing in the background, all the other kind of things. It's really interesting to see. You know how the movie is going. So you can kind of take yourself back a little bit and just kind focus of focus on other things. Yeah. yeah. See, and then start kind of like, oh, why did she do this? What happened there? You know, it's and why are they always in white? You know, that's interesting. Or you'll notice people's eye colors changing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I really suggest doing this. I I can't wait to watch some of these other movies. We're gonna be doing this all month, by the way. It's really funny though because I never notice his eye. I never notice his eye colors changing. Mm -hmm. Until I watched it with you, and then I focus on other things, other and and also because I've seen it so many mm. times. But you you typically notice the little details and stuff like mm. that that I miss. And then this time I was just like, oh yeah, because she's innocent, mm. and that's what she's supposed to be. And everything else is hellish and awful, and all these other people are so bad. And yeah. it makes sense. It's it's such an interesting vibe. So definitely do it. Uh, this one. I, I, I'm gonna forego a rating system on this, maybe. Or I mean, it's obviously it? a ten this out of ten. Is, this is, yeah. This is this, is, are, this is an original. These are the cream. So this is this is the one that you're watching. This is the reason why you do not bother with reboots on this kind of thing. Uh, you know, this is a this is a definite recommend. Uh, it's a you know, a, like a, a Julia out of you know Pinhead. You know, out of you know rating system. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but it's it's a great film. Watch it. And, you know, if you want to, if you haven't seen it before, if you, you, you need to see these things, definitely go to Shudder because that was the easiest one for us to watch. Uh, but try to find these films because it's, it's really good. And if you have a film that you think is, is even more seminal than these movies, reach out to us. Let us know about it. We'd love to, to hear your opinion on this. Uh, send us an email, esat3am at gmail.com. Uh, main website, esat3am.com. Facebook and Twitter at ESAT3AM. 
I'm I'm active on the t- Twitter. Uh, you're on uh, the Facebook. Yep. I mean, we're paying attention. We'd love to, to hear from you. And leave us a voicemail. Anchor.fm forward slash everything scary at 3 a.m. Just type in everything scary at 3 a.m. In the uh, the search box, you can't miss us. It's the guy on the the, uh, the walking, highway walking underneath the the lanterns. A very creepy scene. So yeah, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us, but we will see you guys next week. Yep, it's it's already a great start to the, the new year for me. Heck yeah! All right, see you in a bit. Yep, see you soon. Later.